spectators from all over the world show up. And it was wild to see that. You know, like every person that got up to the podium, I was like, oh, you murdered a lot of people, didn't you? <laughs> it was Truly. wild. It was wild. I won't name all the leaders, but there were, there were, there were people where I was like, oh, you, you, you're not a good person. Hello and welcome once again to the No Name NYC podcast. My name is Eric Fetter. I want to thank you guys for coming to play with us today. That voice you heard up front is Emmanuel Abreu, the wonderful photographer, artist, and we have a special place of affection for him because he's one of the folks who started Word Up Community Bookshop, which has been very dear to us. We've done shows there for more than a decade. And uh, they survived pandemic and have continued to thrive with an online bookshop. And uh, they've slowly been returning to having live events. And we ourselves are returning there on February 7th. Uh, February 7th at 7 p.m., we will be returning with one of our world famous or at least uh, block famous storyteller editions, the Super Story Party with Michelle Carlo uh, returned on February 7th, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, already confirmed her, uh, as guests are Tommy Pryor and Charles McBee. And uh, anyway, <laughs> that takes it away from Emmanuel. We're going to get to our conversation with him in a little bit, but for right now, I thought that since we're dealing with a guest from Word Up Bookshop and we are plugging our return to Word Up Bookshop, I thought I would bring my uh, partner in art crimes, art and storytelling crimes, and who helped us establish this show uh, about a decade ago, uh, the one, the only, and past podcast guest, uh, the author of Fish Out of Agua and uh, world-class storyteller. Are you going to tell us who it is? Yes, I am. Say hello to Michelle Carlo again. Hello, Michelle. Hi, Eric. Oh, my God, that was such an intro. And I have to say, thank you so much for always mentioning Fish Out of Agua. Every time, it's it's just great. I, I, I always really, really appreciate the support. It makes my heart smile. Oh, man, well, you, you make our hearts smile. And actually, since you bring that up, our, our producer actually uh, does some volunteering at Word Up, and he actually recommended your book and sold your book. Oh, cool. I wish I was getting royalties. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else makes my heart smile? Just the whole fact that we are returning to uh, with Super Story Party to to Word Up. I mean, I remember when Word Up was at 175th and Broadway mm -hmm. and getting out. And the, the abandoned drugstore. Yeah, the abandoned drugstore and getting out at the train there the first time because, like, you had to go up and around. I was like, where the hell am I? And, and I lived in Washington Heights a little bit when I was really young, but I wasn't really familiar with, with that part. But, yeah, I'm really happy to be bringing back the party. It's yeah. been a while. <laughs> it has been. It's been. I think our last show was uh, March 3rd, 2020. That sounds about right. March 3rd right. or 4th, know, something like that. Third? I know this. I know our last show overall before lockdown was at Otto's Shrunken Head. And I remember the date because it was Friday the 13th. Oh. March 13th. And I know we had done that month before lockdown. We did two shows at Word Up. 
and one of them was the, the first Tuesday with, with the Super Story Party. So and now we're bringing it back. Yay! We are. And for those of you who are concerned, and I understand and appreciate your concerns, there will be trivia. Mm-hmm. There will be kind bars. And, of course, yes, you don't even have to ask, there will be dance break. There will be the mandatory, well, not mandatory, mandatory for me because I, if I if <laughs> not mandatory for anybody else. I have to dance, if I, whatever. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you guys can be there. Uh, that's uh, Word Up Community Bookshop on the corner of 165th Street and Amsterdam Avenue. In and beautiful Washington Heights, NYC. Indeed, indeed. Take the A train. Take the A train or take the one train or, or the take C the C train. train. All you go to 168th Street, walk down, hook a left on 165th, bam, you're there. Bam. And uh, it is absolutely free. We, if you are so inclined and able to donate to the bookshop, which is primarily volunteer staffed, uh, that'd be a great thing. But the main thing is come hang out, be with us. Yes, we need to be with people again. Exactly. Like actual people, like somebody you could trip over. <laughs> Which, or like knock, or knock in the head when you're taking off your coat. Uh, you know, say, Excuse I, that, me. that's happening to me with, with increasing frequency these mm. days. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be fun. And also just a, a, on a larger picture thing uh, for folks who followed No Name for any length of time, uh, we will be returning this spring to QED in Astoria. Uh, the date is not set yet, but it's going to happen. And uh, as for the Super Story Party, that will be, as noted, on February 7th, and we will be returning to weekly shows at Word Up, the plan is, uh, starting in March. Right. Not, uh, but not for Super now, Story Party. Super Story Party is monthly. Right, right. But we are there weekly, um, and the first Tuesday is, is the Super Story Party, uh, and that, for February, is definite. So definitely mark your calendars for February 7th. Have we said February 7th enough? We have said February 7th a lot. Okay. Well, it, it, it's so much for maybe, maybe we should maybe, maybe we should emphasize February 7th, 2023, in our third year of Coño Carajo. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know what? While we're at it, um, how how are you holding up? You've been, you as things started to open up slowly, um, you you were like in in the thick of getting back out there and doing shows, weren't you? Oh God, you know that's a conversation for another time. It, <laughs> I I it, I was derailed, and uh, whatever you know, life goes on. Indeed, indeed it does. Well, anyway, I'm glad that you're choosing to to spend some of that life with us as we go on, and I I, I can't wait to be be doing silly things on a mic with you in a bookshop again. It's going to be fun. Thanks for having me, Eric. And thanks for dropping by. We appreciate it. We're in your neighborhood. We're, let let people know where we are coming from. We are broadcasting from the Brooklyn Public Library at Grand Army Plaza in at the north end of Park Slope, Brooklyn. Woo! There you go. My Thank hood you. for a change. Our, 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 nod, our nod to the Chamber of Commerce here. So anyway, thanks for your time, Michelle. And I can't wait for for getting back there. On what date? No, okay, that's annoying. Now I know. Um, all right, well, we're gonna get back to our conversation or uh, get to our conversation with Emmanuel Breu after this brief word from our sponsor. Get away to Green Bay. 
That's right, the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast in beautiful Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a bed and breakfast before, but the breakfast in a lot of these places tends to be like a mini box of cereal or uh, some questionable fruit, things of that nature, a piece of toast maybe with some butter. But not at the historic Astor House Bed and Breakfast. Your innkeeper, Tom and Linda Steber, will provide you with a delicious, absolutely world-class breakfast every single morning. They will also make you feel welcome in any one of their five luxury accommodations, all of which have a private bath and some of which have their own jacuzzi. If you want to know what's going on around town, Tom and Linda will let you know about any special events, and they'll also make recommendations for you to any of the wonderful restaurants in town. So you can't beat it. Go. Go now. Go. Get away to Green Bay. For more information or for reservations, go to www.astorhouse.com. That's A-S-T-O-R-H-O-U-S-E.com. Get away to Green Bay. You know, I have to tell you, we 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 wanted to chat with you anyway, but I we thought, you know, with our our forthcoming return to Word Up, uh, which Word Up will acknowledge any day now, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> At least within a week or so after we've done it. Um, we, we wanted to speak with, uh, we thought it was a good time to try and catch up with you. And, and thanks for taking the time to catch up with us. Uh, how, how goes how goes your world since we last did shows here? Still spinning like everybody's heads. Yeah, I've just been, I've been freelancing mostly uh, photo and video work, doing my part at Word Up. Uh, I was staff for a while, mostly during the, you know, the beginning of the pandemic and mm. during like lockdown and all that stuff. <clears throat> More recently, I, I stopped being staff uh, and now back to being a volunteer um, and I still do photo and video um, here. Let, yeah. Let's talk about here because this is a special place that we've been, you know, what are we coming up on 11th anniversary? Coming up on 12 this 12 year. This yeah, year. yeah, we celebrated yeah. 11 last year. Excellent, excellent. So that'd be uh, this June, right? This June, yeah, yeah. And am I remembering correctly? Because you know, I, it's weird. I have a, a very close history and a very like slightly detached history with Word Up hmm. too. Like I've been with Word Up from almost the beginning, but I've been kind of. It's almost almost like we've been walking alongside of each other and occasionally you know poke each other. Hey, you're there. Yeah. Hey, you're there. You know, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. But uh, you you were one of the original crew that that started this thing, aren't you? Yeah, I I came in. I heard about it about two weeks before it was actually open. Okay. Um, Veronica, I met Veronica. Uh, Veronica Lou. Veronica uh, Lou. For those yeah. Unfamiliar. <laughs> you know, which you can take it for granted. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, the only people who are listening in the Word Up people anyway. Yeah. I'm <laughs> kidding. They won't be listening. Um, it's just us. It's just us. It's just us. <laughs> but I'm sorry, but Veronica. Yeah, I'm sorry. I met Veronica for a very different reason for uh, uh, her and Will, her her husband. Um, 
her now husband. <laughs> they were not married at that time. Right, right, right. Um, they had a radio show out of their apartment, like an online radio show, uh, radio station. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, WHFR. Um, we want to bring it back. That would be really cool. But I hit her up about that, met her, and then she told me about this pop-up she was doing. And I was like, oh, I know a bunch of artists and stuff. I want to you know, help put it together or whatever. And we didn't really know what it was going to be, but... You know, over time, we just gathered more and more volunteers and more and more books and more and more dust, you know, and now, <laughs> now we're here. And the and dust comes with some of the books. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, for those, uh, you know, not to make a presumption that everybody knows everything that's going on with, with No Name in Washington Heights, um, uh, Word Up is a community bookshop in the heart of Washington Heights on the corner of 165th Street and Amsterdam Avenues where they've been for most of their existence and very quietly through the work of uh, dedicated volunteers and a lot of people giving their time and their heart has become kind of a, a neighborhood institution in its almost 12 years. So so that way, what, what did they tell you when, when you when you first heard about it? When I first heard about the bookstore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly. All I all I remember was we're opening a bookstore and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> That's it. That's all I remember. Uh, uh, yeah, um, it was I was excited to have a space in which artists could express themselves. And at that time I was maybe two years into my photography and you know, I've been DJing since high school at that mm -hmm. time. Um and and I just knew like musicians and, and visual artists. So I thought, you know, we could put stuff on the walls. We could have performers, you know, other than our, the already obvious lineup of, you know, readers and poets and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that was that was the first thing that came to mind. And I, you know, I was obviously recording and taking pictures of the setup of Word Up's events and all that stuff. And, you know, over time, I grew my skills, you know. Being here. No doubt, no doubt. Well, it's funny because I had met you when I came poking around when you were in your original location. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that this place began as a pop-up bookshop that was intended to be there for three weeks as part of the annual Uptown Art Stroll and took over an abandoned drugstore. <laughs> I mean that that's like the drugstore. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I you know, when we when we did uh a couple of early shows in that space, I would have friends and even performers that would come by and like walk by, didn't realize what they were looking for. You know. <laughs> yeah. And uh am I remembering correctly? I remember it said Asco drugs and the reason it said Asco drugs was the T had fallen off, it was Ascot drugs. I think oh, I actually before. didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I? I oh, could I always thought that so was kind funny. of funny. I was like, there was something almost perfect about it. Yeah, and asco is another way of saying gross in Spanish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was gross. Drugs. Oh, I did not. <laughs> oh man, we got to get back there. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> but no, I, let me ask you this: Are you are you, uh, are you a lifelong Heights resident? Yeah, I was born. I was born in uh, in Inwood, um, and I moved really far away, two blocks from where I grew up. <laughs> yeah, I got a U-Haul and everything. <laughs> wow, wow! You must still be paying that off. Yeah, yeah, still. Uh, I will. So, so, it's all right. Good. So, you've been Inwood resident all along. 
Yeah, I, but I I consider this neighborhood Washington Heights slash Inwood. I never I've never separated it. Myself. Uh, yeah, no, I I get yeah. that. You have to understand when I was a, a a kid growing up, when I was very young, the local newspaper was called the Heights Inwood. Like even mm. the residents weren't distinguishing. Yeah, you know yeah. between the neighborhoods. Like you, you get these people who get diehard and get like harumphy if you like. So, no, I do not live in Inwood. I am on Washington Heights, 190th Street. Oh, okay, okay. No, you know we yeah. don't have to throw down about it. <laughs> it like we're we're getting equally ignored by the politicians. So no, no, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we are. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Let's let's alert the legal team. Uh, if you live east of Broadway, you're going to be ignored. Uh, this this is true too. <laughs> but all right, no, no, because no, I was trying to when Word Up first opened, I was wondering, wasn't it kind of a a mix of longtime locals and and artists who were new to the the area? Like a, it was a blend, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's still like that. Um, We had, I think, mostly people who either just moved here, I don't know, a couple of months, a couple of years, and people that have been here for, you know, for basically their whole lives. Mm -hmm. And I think over time, especially here, we've had, you know, students from like Columbia and, you know, and, and people that work at the hospital, stuff like that, come through. But for the most part, I would say that most of the people do live here. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. Um, it's not a requirement, but it's 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 a it's a bonus that we like to have because you know we want people to actually have an investment exactly. in the, in the community because this is a community space, as you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, well, now I have to tell you something. I don't know if I ever told you this, but as as a lifelong Heights resident myself, um, for many years I would have people say, "Hey, why don't you start doing something in 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 the neighborhood?" Mm-hmm. And there were two reasons I never did. One was that I, I knew from observing other attempts to do that, that, you know, it, it's not an area that had a lot of natural venues for smaller scale shows, you mm-hmm. know. So you got to get creative. You got to work. And for many years, most venue owners that were willing to do anything uh, did so with visions of, of, of dollar signs in their eyes. Yeah. And. Yeah didn't really understand it takes a while to, you know, and they were like, you know, pull the plug on, on folks who were trying to do shows after like two shows. Like, well, we're not making any money. And like, of course you aren't. You just started. And one thing I found, I observed in watching all of these shows that, that folks were trying and some of them were deservingly ignored. <laughs> uh, but some of them, you know, there were some good people coming through but I was I was noticing that there was the prevailing attitude of the neighborhood, uh, which was that if it if it was good, it would be downtown, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I just really didn't feel at that point in my life like dealing with trying to change that. If someone were going to offer me money to put on a good show, I can put on a good show. I'll get you. You know what? I, I'll even offer you an example. Uh, the late Piper's Kilt. Um, at 207th and Broadway. Mm-hmm. Now, Tubby Hook Tavern, different owners, different vibe, and they, they do nice work over there. But Piper's Kilt was a beloved institution, and someone put me in touch with the manager at that time who said he was very interested in starting a comedy show. And I, the first, we did a series of about maybe a half dozen of them, and we, we brought people out. Mm-hmm. The first night, 
our headliner was actually headlining downtown at Gotham Comedy Club. He did the early show, then took a cab uptown to do our show, and then took a cab back downtown to do the late show. Wow. You know, <laughs> so we were getting them some good folks, and in all fairness, they were paying me, but we couldn't get them to commit to anything. And it's like, mm. I can't get you people of that caliber. Um, well, people are going to take their cue from you. you. You know, this is your place, you know. So, I mean, we we did some good work, but I always found it different. But when I read about Word Up, I read about Word Up, like, at the end of that art stroll, you know. So I missed that, like, initial three-week run or whatever. But when I heard it was continuing and what was going on, like, I, I actually reached out and I, I want a part of that. And I've never before and never since ever tried to initiate something like that right. in the area just because what you guys were doing, you know, the energy you were putting out, the, you know, the love that was being put into it, like, yeah, I want a piece of that. And it's been been a pleasure being a part of it. Now, let me ask you this, since you were there from the beginning, I was excited when I heard that they were going to extend it and try mm -hmm. and keep it going. But as much as I loved what was going on, I wouldn't have envisioned it being what it is right now, yeah, yeah. Uh, having a, a, a much nicer permanent space and now the auxiliary space. I mean, talk to me about some of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everything happens super organically, um, especially at the beginning, because uh, people would literally just walk by and go, oh, my God, a bookstore. You know, what's mm -hmm, what's this mm -hmm. about? And we'd be like, yeah, we have this pop up, blah, blah, blah. And we would just ask people, do you want to volunteer? Here are some keys. Bye. <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> you know? um, I myself was there for I think our hours are like 12 to nine. I think um, I was there pretty much every single day, the entire day. Um, mm. So much so that I would just like nap on the you know, leather couch that we had in the front. <laughs> um, not when I was by myself, of course, but um, for the most part, you know, I was there all day and and people would constantly come by and obviously, you know, like shop around, maybe mm. want to donate books. But a lot of people were like, yeah, I would I would love to volunteer. And then we just started gathering a bunch of volunteers. Eventually, we started holding weekly meetings and just kept deciding like, yeah, as long as we can do this without having to pay rent, might as well. And then when we had to, it was like, okay, it's not that much. We could afford it. Sure, let's keep going, you know. And it was just a, it was just a matter of like, if we have enough people that said yes, that have, you know, that want to invest their time and their energy into this thing, you know, that wasn't really, you know, there was no real blueprint for this. I mean, stuff like this exists, you know. But the way we were doing it, it was just like, yeah, let's just keep following our hearts and keep following what people want in this space, you know. What do they want us to do? Let's just keep doing that, you know? Um, so, like, No Name is a perfect example of that. Like, you know, we have this comedy show that happens every week. Let's keep doing it, you know? Let's keep holding the space for it. Um, open mics. Remember, we had open mics on Fridays or something. Yeah, Fridays. Um, I think there were a couple of them, right? Yeah, we had yeah we had a bunch of them. Um, sometimes, you know, one kid would show up. Sometimes 15 people would show up, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really fun. Um, but, yeah, I think that's why... It lasted so long because it was it was a genuine um, a genuine need and a genuine want for a space like this, you know. But you know, it, it's funny. I don't want to because uh, we actually wanted you as a guest, not you as a spokesperson for the store. But it, it is, <laughs> you know, this is how how we at No Name initially know you. So, uh, uh, one more question on this, and we'll return or won't return. But. Um, it, it, now looking back on almost 12 years what would you 
are, are the things that you think the the bookshop had done best and uh what would you like to see for the future i don't know i think just literally being here you know like <laughs> you know like you know yeah. when you have the the i don't want to speak for all parents and and make too general of a statement but I think the best kind of parenting is when you're actually there, right? Mm -hmm. So not that we're being parents to the community, but um, just existing as a space has been a huge deal for a lot of people, you know, especially myself and um, a lot of volunteers. So I think that's the thing that we've done the best, you know. Um, obviously, we've had really cool events, you know. We've had, um, <clears throat> we've hosted like, you know, census uh, events and, and COVID testing and, you know, being here during the pandemic, hosting the fridge outside. We've done a lot of really good stuff, but none of that stuff happens unless people care enough to open the doors, you know, almost every day, even on days that were closed for <laughs> programming, you know, right, um, right, right. it doesn't happen without people giving a shit, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, also just to respond to saying, you saying that you want to interview me, not, be a spokesperson for Word Up. This has been a quarter of my life. So, <laughs> so and, you know, and it, and it came right at the beginning of my, you know, photography and video career, which is basically my life. So Word Up is like half of that, you know, and yeah, it's, yeah. it's a huge reason why I am where I am. You know, I've made a lot of connections here and stuff. So that's another thing, I think, um, the connections that are made here, mm -hmm. you know, the networking that just happens organically. People come in and they're just buying a book and they'll say one thing and somebody could be in the back in the kids section and go, wait, I also do that, you know, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah. but I, I literally have heard stories of people coming in here. They come in here, I don't know, a year later and they're like, you know, we actually met here and now <laughs> we're best friends, you know, or now we right. work together. And it's, it's amazing to have that it's not like we're doing that on purpose, you know? It's not like we put a sign that says, meet your best friend here, you know? Right, right. It, it, although that wouldn't be a bad marketing campaign, <laughs> right? You yeah. know, meet your best friend here or at least get a good book. Yeah. Sponsored uh, by Hinge. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, so, so you said you know, it's been a, a quarter of your life. Let, let's talk about life before then. You grew up in Inwood. Mm -hmm. And uh, how was it growing up in Inwood? I mean, surrounded by you know, Inwood Park and, and all the green. And then, you know, in the nineties, all the drugs, that was beautiful. Um, <laughs> um, glory yeah. days. <laughs> the glory days. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to describe, but I have realized as I grew older, um, was that the fact that I was in Inwood, you know, surrounded by green, uh, and away from the constant movement of, you know, vehicles and pedestrians mm -hmm. and what it is midtown. And yeah. um, that I think really helped shape my sanity, I think, <laughs> you know, because uh, Inwood being like a natural park, you know, right, compared right. to like, let's and say, Fort... Central Park, you know, right. Central Park Fort is Tryon. very curated, you know, for trying as well. Yeah. You know, you have you have these these just beautiful landscapes that are just kind of you know created by nature that feels very different than when you go to you know a man-made structure where like it's like you know okay they want us to walk this direction they want oh, us yeah. to see yes this. because they have signs <laughs> say walk only on this path yeah. giant <laughs> arrow yeah Walk only on this path, and then if you look real close, it says in tiny little letters underneath "asshole." Um, <laughs> exactly. 
What? No, it, it, it's funny because actually I, I, I know exactly what you mean. One of my uh, favorite happy places in New York is the Bronx Botanical Gardens. Mm. And I love the Brooklyn. Brooklyn is beautiful. But what I love about the, the Bronx is that they've got that huge section. I don't know if you've ever been there. The, the, mm, the Thane family forest. And that's a huge section that's basically been left uncurated. Like they don't mess with it. Like mm-hmm. you got trees mm-hmm. that are hundreds of years old there, and it is basically they they only go in and mess with it if like something has come in that's like killing off stuff or or what have you. Right, right. You know, and you go there at the right time. You know, go go there first thing on a Saturday morning when it's fifteen degrees outside and there's nobody else in there, and you just walk around like distance from the the man-made you know what i right, mean right but um anyway but yeah no I, I i hear you so so when uh growing up did you have a, an idea towards the arts uh in early age not at all um i mean i i have parents who you know they're immigrants from the dominican republic and their mindset was always you know go to school get a very specific job from this very specific list <laughs> that we mm. were given you know I heard a lot, well, this person's son is doing this and he's very well off. Do that. You know, um, it it took me many years, um, well into my 20s to figure out this is actually what makes me feel good when I'm mm. doing it. But not as a career. It was more of a like this is something that uh, just literally just made me feel good doing it. Right. Mm. Um, the, and, and I'm talking about photography before that I was I was DJing. And when I DJed, that was really fun, you know, um, mm-hmm. and that was my first introduction into um, into freelance work, you know, into mm-hmm. into like selling myself, you know, um, how deep and into I don't the mean game were you? But um, what <laughs> is, is that how, how deep into the DJ game were you? Uh, well, I started in high school kind of like light, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, doing any work in high school. <laughs> when I got to college, um, I started DJing at this radio station. Uh, which um, college did you go to? Uh, City College. I went to City I, College. It, yeah. Me too. <laughs> oh, me word! Too. I didn't yeah. know that. That's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 as, as I frequently say, and this is absolutely true. I, I seven of the best years of my life, and someday I'm going back to get my bachelor's. Nice. I, I never graduated, so we'll <laughs> go together. <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of there, you know, the thing about City College is you can get a really good education there, but there's also a lot of people there with our stories. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and the, but so uh, what? What? Uh, what were you majoring in when you went there? Man, I went. So I first went to City Tech, and then I went to City College. City Tech, I did computer programming, mm-hmm. and then when I went to City College, I was studying civil engineering, which was my brain could not handle that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was fun as hell, but I just I know I couldn't do it because I I tried and I and I failed. When, but <laughs> when I went there, which was a good chunk of time before you you went there, uh, uh, you spent a certain amount of time in Shepherd Hall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In those days, in Shepherd Hall, engineering was on one floor and the theater department was on another floor. You know, and we'd get out of rehearsals, you know, midnight one morning, you know, feeling like, you know, we were the most struggling people on the planet. And then we'd walk on our way out. We'd walk past the engineering place where people were sprawled over desks asleep and, you (laughs) know, struggling to stay awake. (laughs) Like... All right, we're at least not those guys, you know. <laughs> at least we're not hanging ourselves. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> well, we were, but in different ways in different rooms. 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. So I understand. You know, that that was very. They they had a great uh, department for that, but it, yeah. it was very intense. No, it was fantastic. I think I think for the actual classes and the and the professors, they were great. I just there was a certain level of math and science that I just couldn't I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I accepted that, and then I moved on. I, I don't. I think I picked English as a major, which is really stupid because I don't want to write. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> But during all that, cause I was in City College, I think, for like five years. I I met people at WCCR, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that was the that was the AM station. There's an FM station there too. Yeah, I I think I that started either after I left or like towards the end. Good WCCR uh, was pretty much the deal when when I was there. Yeah. So when when I was there, we did, the antenna wasn't working. Like it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> That's connected. about right. Yeah, but we we did uh what do, you, what do you call it we transmitted into the hallways so like people that were going in and out of class right, right. And you'd hear that the building, over they would hear like, you know our bullshit filling the halls <laughs> of the neck building yeah. right yeah. and it was it was fun as hell it was we just like you know played music and talked about you know really dumb shit that we didn't know anything about because we were young college people mm. like what you have to do in life is who the hell knows <laughs> we're 21 we don't know what we're doing right you know right. um as WHF, uh, WCCR people, um, we we like put together parties and stuff. Like we met with other. I don't even know the other groups that we hung out with. Like like I forget what organizations they were because it was so long ago. But but we were that like, was yeah. less important than the parties. Yeah, you know, it was like the you know Latinos group that met every Friday. Or like whatever it was, you know. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. like. Or like, oh, do you guys want to put a party? Sure, I, you know, we have DJs, and then I would DJ. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't getting paid. But it was my first like introduction into like event DJing, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, which is a, a different animal. Exactly, exactly. So, so from there, I took that, you know, I don't want to call it skill set, but that experience <laughs> turned it into a skill set eventually, mm-hmm. um, and just started mixing and and started going to bars like you know, called calling in person, you know, mm-hmm. going, Hey, I can do this. Here's a CD, you know, right, um, right, right. can I, can I come in on Friday or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and out of 99 no's, I got one yes, you know, and, and got that experience. So getting that experience set me up, I think really well for, um, my photography. Cause once I started photography, it was just a matter of me doing something that I love to do, learning how to do it well. And then once somebody was like, hey, you want to shoot my birthday? Then I was confident enough to sell myself, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I didn't I didn't go out there and go here, pay me for this. I would just go out there and say, hey, can I shoot your event, you know, for free? You know, like right. Noma. Noma was one of those people, you know, uh, <clears throat> sorry, organizations, uh, People's Theater Project, Word Up, obviously. So we, were you already were were you already doing this like doing this at the start of word up it was it was right at the beginning um well it was like maybe two years after i started learning Mm -hmm. um so by the time word up came around i was still kind of doing it for free or like you know 50 bucks here and there but but it wasn't it wasn't a a thing where i was like look this is my this is my rate you know it wasn't anything like that yet because i was still meeting people i was still you know getting around and, and that, yeah. that really is a, a, a tough point to it, it, it actually you know i'd like to ask you to talk to me about 
the point at which you, you have to make that move because it is a tough transition from, you know, you're doing it so that the word gets out and, mm-hmm. it, you know, you get your hands on practice. People start to know what you do. But then you can also fall into the trap of being the guy who will do it for free or next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, you can't go on doing that for forever. At the same time, when you make that move, people are like, hey, you did my party for free. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I needed you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I was very honest front with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. I just said, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> so can I do this so I can get the practice in? Um, like literally I didn't know how to use a speed light, which is like the flash that you put on top of your camera. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff. Um, until I got the practice in, you know, I didn't know what white balance was. Like I didn't know all the, all the technical stuff until I actually started doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I knew how to do it, I would tell people straight up, like, look, thank you for all the practice. Thank you for letting me, you know, be part of all these events. But now I have to charge because, you know, yeah. I have to make a living, you know, and this is, this is now my career. So you know, people respected that. And I still work with them, you know, 10 years, 11 years, 12 years later, like I still work with the same organizations because and they pay me more and more, you know, mm. according, you know, with my inflation, you know. <laughs> so like, so, and that, so that's talk respect, to me about you know? that moment when you when you actually when I actually transitioned to. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, was, was, um, it, was it a gradual <laughs> thing or was it a moment I, of like, yeah. all right, as of today? Yeah, no, it wasn't like January 1st. Now mm-hmm. I get paid. No, it wasn't like that. It was more once I felt confident that I can deliver. Like, I know what got what you I'm to doing. that point. Just just practice, honestly. Like, there was there was no one thing. There was no one mm-hmm. day. It was It was just really maybe it was one day I had this epiphany, but I mean, no, it wasn't an epiphany, but like this thought, um, I mean, I, I did, I did depend a lot on, you know, Google and YouTube and like to learn how to, you know, navigate this world sure, uh, sure. freelancing. But, um, once I found out that like you basically, once, once you're confident, once you, once you know, you can deliver some, something of quality, whatever that quality is, whatever you, your definition of quality is, if you know that you can deliver this quality and you can show people beforehand, right. like, look, this is what I can do. This is how much I charge for this, you know, then that's, that's the point where I, where I was like, okay, now I'm charging. Now I have a rate, you know, it wasn't obviously a huge rate in the beginning, but, but I was confident enough there. So now I'm way more confident. So I charge more, <laughs> um, obviously, but, um, that's that's the thing I think that like got me to that point. You so know? so um, did things in what ways did things change for you when you started cha- charging like that? To this day, I still have the, the the experience of people going, well, you know, we don't have a big budget. You know, this is you know that's usually where they they, they start right. Yeah, um, the exposure thing. Like we're gonna get you exposure. <laughs> like no, I don't want to expose myself. That's gross. Um, so. <laughs> I, I I learned that the hard way, you know. I, that, was, Asco. that was another thing. Yeah. <laughs> Asco. <laughs> I learned I learned that you know the trope of you know people taking advantage of freelancers. Like I mm. I, I I learned that the hard way because you know I would do these gigs that would be like, you know, six hours long, and they would you know give me like twenty bucks, and like no no no, but we're gonna put you on our magazine, which no one read, you know. <laughs> You know, things like that. Yeah, so like yeah, yeah. I learned I learned those along the way, but 
you I, know, for the I, most part, yeah. I, I don't know if this is completely universal throughout the country or the world, but definitely there's a New York thing of like that artists always being sold the short end of the stick with, but it'll be good exposure. No, it won't. Yeah, it, it really won't. won't. <laughs> I mean, every now and then, it, and if if you know what the fuck you're doing at all, you know which the occasional gig does come up that, yeah, it'd be more valuable for me to just do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, but by and large, you know, a, a good friend of ours, uh, Jerry Craft, author, mm-hmm. graphic novelist, whatever, and he toiled well, for many years in yeah. self-publishing <laughs> land uh, and worked all the, well, you've seen him, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. all the book fairs and stuff like that. And uh, he spent a long time in that world of people like, you know, you know, hey, can you hook us up? And he's like, hey, could you buy a book? You know? Yeah, yeah. And and it it that's really especially if you're if you're heavily invested in your community, mm-hmm. there there there's that dichotomy of like oh you're one of us so you do this but it's like you know what to me it, it, it some of it is economic driven but some of it is also I I I'm I'm putting it to you. Because this is what what I was talking about with with doing shows uptown for a long time, you know, was it the same sort of thing? Like, oh, he's one of us. Is he? You know, it, it's not going to be that expensive kind of a thing. Like, you know, mm-hmm, you should mm-hmm. help out. You know, hey, we know each other. I I known you since you were five. You know, that sort <laughs> right, of thing. Right. And you're going to do me like that? Yeah, because this is my living. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you grow up with somebody who becomes a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to say, well. Why don't you perform this heart surgery for free? You're 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 my boy, you know. Oh, yeah, that you, you've never that tried that. Like that. <laughs> Only once. Um, <laughs> that was on. That was my second heart. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but you don't you don't do that with anything else except artists. Exactly. You know? And I think that's fucked up. And, and and you do that with uh any basically any any kind of uh I guess people call it gig economy now, but like you know like you do that with mechanics. You know you do that mm-hmm. with. With people who are basically working for themselves, you know, you you do that. You go, well, come me, come me a deal, whatever. But I do have an understanding of what it feels like to not actually have a budget, you know, especially working at Word Up. Like, you I know, was going to say. Sometimes you, you just <laughs> don't have the money. But you are very close to people that have the skill set and have the time to help you out. So if, if there's like a, a, a new person I've never met, it's not connected to me. I'm going to charge what I charge. Right, right, right. right. But they're clearly struggling in any way. I will work with them, you know? Um, and especially if it's like, you know, people that, if, if, if it is people that are connected to me somehow, whether they're friends of friends or their family, I'm going to work with them, you know? Um, especially people that I've worked with for a long time. Like, I'm going to work with them. Mm-hmm. But if I know that they have the money, and they can spend it. I'm going to be honest with them and be like, "Look, I know you. <laughs> I know you have. I know you can. So you like you out of respect. You should, you know, allow me to continue doing this by paying me the rate. You know, because yeah. I don't. I I don't charge an arm and a leg. I'm not very expensive at all. Yeah. You know, and you know, you understand that it's it's not just pressing a button. You know. You know, for any otherwise, for any you wouldn't yeah. be asking me to do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you think it's that easy, then get your cousin to do it. But you're not getting your cousin to do it because they only have an iPhone. You know, yeah, they don't right. know what the fuck they're doing. Ooh, they got an iPhone. <laughs> Can you hook me up? Yeah. 
no, no, no. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. Uh, I, but I, but I'm also I'm very respectful and understanding of people. So I know sometimes people just don't have the money, and sometimes I just don't do it because I can't, or right. I do it because I care. You know. Yeah. And, you know, it's yeah. it's a balance, and that's yeah, that's a whole. That's a whole different thing. There's, I don't think there's a, you know, a guidebook for that. It's just, it's just following exactly. my heart. You know? And, and, you know, and, and it can get a little murky sometimes because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's not like, not, they're not living a lifestyle that you're envious of, but at the same time, you don't figure they're having a cup of noodles as often as, for dinner as you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, but know? Balance, you know what? It, it, another thing is that it balances out sometimes because sometimes I'll get gigs that I'll shoot, <clears throat> I'll shoot something for like, let's say 30 minutes mm. and I'll get more money than another gig that I've shot for 10 hours, you know? Right, so sometimes, right. sometimes it balances out and I, and I kind of have that in mind, like, okay, well this Friday I'm doing this gig that's get, getting me, I don't know, a couple of thousand dollars. And this, this other gig that who's my friend, you know, they're only giving me a couple of hundred bucks, but you know, it's, it, I know they can't. So it, it like, you know, it balances out sometimes, sometimes it doesn't, but you know, if it does, it's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long have you considered, would you say you'd consider yourself a full-time uh, photographer professionally? I don't know about full-time. I've been a photographer for 14 years, but full-time, I don't, I don't know when I got to full-time because <laughs> there were, there were moments where, you know, I was doing, I, I mean, I've always done photography in in a financial sense, I I don't know full time, but in a mm. in a literal sense, I've been doing photography for fourteen years full time. Like, okay, you know. All right. Yeah, um, yeah. But but as far as my career, it it blends because you know I've sometimes had jobs that was that. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Like nine to fives, that was that, and then I've had gigs only, you know, being enough to you know pay my rent to pay all my bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, you know, I also live with my parents for the first let's say let's say the first five or six years of Mm -hmm. of this you know pursuit into photography so if 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 we look at it like this then full-time really started when i moved out (laughs) right right because then (laughs) that's when they considered it it full-time anyway (laughs) that's when i literally all right he's a photographer now yeah (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't i don't have an exact timing for that gotcha gotcha well i'm let me ask you, maybe an, another way to frame it is, was there a moment, well, okay, you said there was no specific clear-cut moment, yeah. but was, would that coincide with when you started to feel like, hey, this is it, I'm doing it? Um, when you moved no, out? No, 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 no. That was, that was well before. That was well before. Because um, cool. I think that the moment, the moment that I moved out was the moment when I felt like it was consistent enough, you know? But it wasn't. It wasn't like my skill set. It wasn't. It wasn't the money. You know, the specific like uh, rate or anything like that. It was just that I was getting enough jobs. I got to the point where I was getting enough work and enough uh, enough clients to convince me that I that this can now sustain me in the long in the long run. You know, um, and then yeah, and then eventually I got like jobs here and there, nine to fives here and there that use that skill set. You know, mm-hmm. so. So in a sense, I've always done the. I mean, I've I've been doing this constantly. Um, and then Word Up is is kind of different because, I mean, I still use that skill set, but for for like when I became staff, I was doing like the website and stuff. That's not photography, right? <laughs> you know, but um, but other it's than media that, related. It's media related. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's 
basically how it's gone. Wait, wait, all right. So what what's changed about your life uh, since since uh, immersing yourself into photography? Uh, photography, uh, like for example, like I I know you've you've had some uh, some adventures uh, that photography has taken you on and, mm-hmm. and things that. Uh, Hey, give me some highlights, uh, things that happened that you wouldn't have seen happening before you became fully in. Right, right. Man, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think photography has really, I mean, it really changed my life. Um, well, I don't want to say change. It put me on a trajectory that was very different than what I saw. Because um, I think what I saw was like, I'm going to just be working shitty jobs for the rest of my <laughs> life. Uh-huh. Um but photography really opened different doors that uh, I didn't even know existed. Like, like you know, uh, residencies. You know, like when I got uh, Mexico residency into that. That's one of the ones I was thinking yeah. of because I, I I didn't know the whole story about that, but that sounded like that was an amazing experience. What tell me about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, it was it was. I don't even know how I got connected to this. It, it might have been Noma. I, I don't know. I don't know how I heard about this residency. It might have just been me browsing the internet, and you know, I couldn't find good porn, so I found this site. Um, so. Whoops! <laughs> I landed here by accident. Yeah. Well, let's this see. Is Wait, is there money? Yeah. <laughs> Busty cameras. Whoops. Um, <laughs> oh, hey uh, now. <laughs> so I found this this website that talked about this this residency in Mexico. Um, and I applied, it was, I think it was free to apply. And the residency was a simple, simple thing where this this woman had this, uh, or this couple had this, um, a couple of apartments in, in Chapala in Jalisco, Mexico. And the residency was basically like, come rest, don't worry about a thing and explore your art. There was no, there was wow. no like requirement at the end of it or anything like that. And when I was there, I actually put together uh, like a, an exhibit for for my work. But also the reason for it was also to there were two other uh, artists there. There was a writer and there was a, a dancer, a movement artist who also performed there. So um, that was like that might have been the first. No, no, no. The first events I, I did was at Word Up, um, but that was like kind of a natural thing that just sparked in my mind like while well, i'm here i have some work i have some artwork they also have some artwork might as well share it you know um cool. <clears throat> and other things that i've done have been like like visiting the white house you know when uh manhattan times had me there shooting uh limono miranda's visit with uh oh, michelle obama nice. you know like that was huge for me i'd never been <laughs> yeah. to the white house you know with I mean with the with the money I've I like I've made enough money to be able to travel sometimes, you know, like that's obviously not a huge amount of money, but just the fact that I've been able to like sustain myself plus be able to do these these things that like you know, I think with other jobs I wouldn't be able to do. Um and I could take any time off that I want. Um I mean I've done, you know, exhibits and gallery shows. I think right now the the biggest thing is uh uh, uptown photo walk that I do um, with with Carlos uh, Deschamps and and Jen who who's in the art right now but Carlos is here. Um, we have an exhibit right now at Booney Inwood, um, and the uptown photo walk is basically a gathering of you know photographers who just want to hang out and take pictures. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's a very simple premise. Um, there's no specific structure. I think I think it's very loose. We just hang. And out. you began this. 
Yeah, I started this with uh, I forget one of the photographers' names. He's shit what's his i forget his name but the other one was bj enright who passed away mm-hmm. a number of years ago but he was he was the first person to actually get me to to hire me as a second shooter for weddings you know he was like my first because i shot like a very very tiny wedding once you know before oh, that right. um so he was like look i like your work you know come come work and i met him here in inwood um at uh bread and yoga holiday market when they used oh, to nice. do that yeah shout out to bread and yoga um <laughs> Yeah, so so I met with him, another photographer, and a friend. We just walked around, and that was the first time I had that experience of like, oh, we can hang out as photographers and just shoot and, and yeah. shoot shoot the shit and shot and shoot the shit. <laughs> um, and and over the years, I met up with other photographers kind of casually, and then eventually, um, I started doing it here at Word Up, like just meeting outside Word Up. Um, and when I met Carlos, he was like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this more often. And we, now we do it monthly and, oh, you know, nice. we have a website, we have merch, uptownphotowalk.art. Um, and, and this exhibit is, uh, is a exhibition of 56 photographers with, uh, that, uh, showcasing their photos from our walks. Um, and yeah, and that's, we have a closing, a closing reception on the 28th of January. Mm. which is coming up and then our next walk is actually this sunday the 22nd january 22nd i we don't have our february date yet but if you go to uptownphotowalk.art or uptownphotowalk on instagram um you'll see our next walk like we have monthly walks so if you miss one you could get to go to the next one and uh there's a new photo walk uh and in the bronx called bronx photo bronx photo walk is that associated um, with you guys or is it we, separate? They're not necessarily associated, but we met we met Carmen who who runs that. We just met her during one of our walks and she was like, Yeah, I want to do that too. So she's doing one and it's and it's awesome. We just went to their first one uh like a week ago, two weeks ago. Um it was really fun. Um I, I, I just wanted to shout them out. They're not necessarily associated, but like they're, they're friends, you know? I, don't know. Well, I, I, I feel like I've done a lot of shit and it's hard for me to like pinpoint. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. Were, um, were there any that you were particularly excited about? You, you talk about the experience in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. Um, were there any that stand out? Maybe I'm being redundant at this point, but I'm... <laughs> well, you know what? I. So. Well, okay, you know, you know what? Something that was either uh, particularly meaningful. I do have one experience that was only possible because of my photography. Um, I when I went to Cuba, you know, obviously I got there because I made money doing photography, right? Like that's <laughs> right. that's just kind of like point one, you know. And then uh, when I was there, I just met random people, and you know, kind of on the strength of photography like you know i would be like i would see somebody with a camera and i would talk to them you know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and but the the thing that the thing that happened when i was there was that fidel castro died when i was there so oh, because i was there when and, that happened and, and you have an alibi i don't um so, <laughs> <laughs> but they do track you they track your every fucking movement so mm-hmm. you know when i was there i was able to not just see like what happened after that you know like people in the street or whatever like whatever happened after like i was i was able to see but not only that i was able to document it you know so i have these like very very unique uh uniquely experienced photos i don't know if that's a real 
sentence, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, no, but, but I, you know, I understand what you, you know mean. what I mean. Like it's a very unique experience. Like you can't just go to a country and be like, oh yeah, their leader is gonna die, and I'm gonna capture that. You know, it's just <laughs> I just happen to be there. It wasn't part of the itinerary sold to <laughs> you by the, by the travel agent. Yeah. Yeah, and I flew. And CIA while enjoying Airlines, your stay yeah. in lovely Cuba, yeah. you'll also experience, yeah. yeah, beaches, you know, salsa music and coops. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another thing that was crazy was because he died. They, you know, they held this massive like funeral mm-hmm. um, in Havana, and you had like dictators from all over the world show up and it was wild to see that you know like every person that got up to the podium i was like oh you murdered a lot of people didn't you <laughs> it Truly. was wild it was wild. i won't name all the leaders but there were there were, there were people where i was like oh you you you're not a good person uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. And, yeah, yeah you think to yourself well i could document everything but I also got a clear shot of everybody. Yeah. Uh, I literally was thinking the same thing. Like, nobody checked my bag. There, there was no, it was a massive crowd. The only, the only like safety that they had was that they had this lawn leading up to them uh, that was maybe like four or 500 feet away from us. Okay. But, you know, get a good arm and a grenade, I- you're good to go. <laughs> Yeah. If you came prepared, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, damn, I left my sniper rifle. Nah, I should have brought it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I thought I literally. And yet, and yet I, I there, brought I an extra it. pair of socks. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I bring an extra lens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that yeah. must have, that must have been insane, though. Yeah, it was. It was a very interesting experience. Cause my my thought was that my assumption was that people were just going to be sad and life was going to stop. But in reality, people just kept going with their lives. There, I mean, I don't want to say everybody. There, in, in Havana, there were people that were just like, yeah, I'm going to go to the park and get on the Wi-Fi that's available here and, you know, live my life. Right. But there were other people that were genuinely sad because they, like, you know, fought for him, you know, during the revolution and everything. Um, yeah. And there were people that were sad. But the more I spoke to people, the more I realized, like, you know, I mean, you know the situation down there. Like, it's 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 really it's it's kind of fucked up for a lot of people. Yeah, and most and a lot of older people are just like, yeah, I haven't seen my kids since they went to the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. twenty, thirty years ago, whatever. Um, it re- and, represents some very different things too. Yeah, yeah. So like, there was there was some sadness, but like for different reasons. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, he died, but he was kind of a dick too. You know, <laughs> um, and and also, I mean. He Plus, he hadn't been an asset to the starting rotation for a while. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. So, so it wasn't like a huge deal for a lot of people. Um, when I went to the funeral, there were a lot of sad people because you know they went specifically. They got online early to like see his, not really see his body, but see his casket. Yeah. Um, and somebody told me that that probably wasn't even his body in the casket. So I was like, mm, I was kind of yeah. sad because I waited in that line too. Like, God damn it. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I want to see his butt. No, um, <laughs> I want to see that the rotting had begun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see the worms coming out. But uh, yeah, it was. But it was interesting, like just talking to people and you know getting pictures of people. And yeah, yeah. did did you did you uh, put together any with these uh, on exhibit anywhere? No, no. I I mean I have them on my site, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I never I never put it together. I do have, I do have a bunch of newspapers of that day. 
that I that I bought because um, they were like literally for like I don't remember the exact price, but it was something like I don't know three dollars. I got a whole stack of newspapers, and I was like, "This is gonna make me money one day." <laughs> it, it 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 will not. It will not make me any money. <laughs> but, but it was you know a cool experience because there was this giant line of people waiting to buy the newspapers. And before that line even formed, I spoke. I was speaking to the to the uh, newsstand people, the, mm-hmm. the owners of the newsstand, um, just you know casually talking, not even about the actual newspaper, just ta- talking to them. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, they were like, "Look, we got we 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 saved you a stack of newspapers." Oh, nice! So it was it was beautiful, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I got to go inside the newsstand and take pictures and all that stuff. It was it was really fun. Yeah, it was it was a very unique experience. I'll say that. What 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 looking forward? What would you like to do? I don't know, man. I I I would love to get back to traveling. Um, I just for travel or for travel with with photography work. Both, honestly. I I want to do sorry uh, destination weddings. That's something I I haven't done. I really want to do that. Um, the closest I ever got to that was Montauk, and that's not really <laughs> unless you're like from Arkansas. <laughs> not everyone's yeah. destination. Not uh, at all. It's kind of the last. I mean, point. the beer is fine, but uh... <laughs> but I wanted I wanted the destination weddings, and you know I want to keep traveling, um, which I haven't done since I think since the pandemic started. I don't think I've gone anywhere, you mm. know, except like upstate, you know. <laughs> but I haven't I haven't left the country. I haven't really left the state, you know. Mm. Um, Jersey doesn't count. <laughs> um, Pennsylvania doesn't count either. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thanks for interjecting with that. I was about to get myself in trouble by saying some shit about Jersey. Um, <laughs> but uh, the boss no, would they, be mad. they count too. But, they count you know. as state, sure. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if that's what you're into, yeah. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Yeah. Stop being an obnoxious New Yorker. <laughs> it's my nature. I can't help it. Um but uh, are, are there any uh, artistic challenges that, that you have in mind that, you know, there's something that you'd like to do or they're like, oh, just take it as it comes? Mm. I mean, I'm really good at everything. So, I, I, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have a specific challenge. Um, there are things that I want to do that I can't do just, you know, because of finances and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, if, if, yeah. if finances were not an issue, what what would you or at least if you had more uh, immediate resources. Right, what would you right. say? Oh, take off and do this. I mean, I, w- I would love to shoot a film. I would love to shoot at least a short film, but a, but I do have a full story. I, f- I have a full kind of, uh, what do you call it? A full feature film in my brain that has been just kind of, just kind of working its way out, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, for Wait. years. Well, um, now, now is, is is this stemming from a visual idea or is this uh, storytelling? No, story like really storytelling. I mean, I have some shots, like some very specific shots that I want to get, mm-hmm. but but it started as it started as a as a story that I came up with um, after my cousin who who used to rap. He recorded this song that had um <clears throat> had three stories in it and one of the stories it has just stuck in my mind and that story expanded in my mind as mm. as like a, as a full film basically right. um like it started as this just like one thing that happened and i was like oh what if this what if that what if this what is that and then 
And now it's just become this this piece in my in my brain that I I've never been able to shake out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I just I I did shoot no I shot three I, I shot the three scenes from that like I was kind of making this short film based on the song, um, but it, I never finished it. But I did get that taste of like oh this is this could look really good this could be a really good story, um, but yeah I just I just never put the time into actually putting it and I think. I mean, I do have the time now, and if I had the resources to actually put it together, oh man, I would do it in a in a heartbeat. Well, let me ask you this: Is, is this the first time you you've thought of pursuing a feature film sort of a a project? I mean, I've casually thought about you know different stories. Um, like the first time I ever thought about making a film was when I first when I when I read uh, Down These Mean Streets. You know, when I read mm-hmm. that book, I was like, oh to be such a good movie but i think everybody thinks that when they read a book that they <laughs> like you know um but then i took it really serious when um i started thinking of like my own stories you mm-hmm. know um and but this this one movie that I, I was speaking about um i've just always had it in mind and and i've told maybe three people maybe at most um, well, well, after this, at least five people have heard it. Well, I mean the actual story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Oh. I'm not just like telling. I'm not just no, no, saying no, no, what I the actual it. story. <laughs> but yeah, when I when I've told people, they're always like, "This would be an amazing film. Like, you need to do this." Um, but not to my own non-existent horn. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think if it was if if I could put it together and get a good team. Um, I think it would be a really, really good film, you know. I mean, but I did work on the film with with Red Black. I don't know if you remember the Nutcracker. Uh, oh, I, I, it never I, came out, but <laughs> I, 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 I saw I saw some footage of that at, at some event around up. Tonight. Yeah, that was that was. I think I've done kind of random like behind the scenes stuff and maybe uh, like little video clips for some stuff, but but never like a full film. That was, I think the first time I ever filmed something that was like going to be this like full fledged, like documentary film. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's never been put together. We do have the footage still, you know, and we just need the money to get, <laughs> to get an editor to put it together basically. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I've had that experience, but yeah, a full feature, you know, uh, fictional film. I, yeah. I guess what I'm what I'm curious about here too is is this a hey I'd like to pursue it because I have this idea or is it like hey that might be fun to do and this is a great idea for it I mean obviously that's mm, a story mm. you want to tell but like if you had not decided you wanted to tell that story is this a, a medium that you think you would go towards I think I think the the if we're talking about job like a job that I really really want mm. um, it would be behind the scenes uh photography for for films like that's something i really okay, really yeah. want to pursue um this film is i know it's not a huge passion of mine because i haven't done it <laughs> right, right, right. because i i have i think i have enough connections and even even if it's like a, you know a low budget shitty thing like i would have done it already you know, if it was something that was really itching and like really, really wanted to get out, I think I would have done it already. Yeah, um, I got you. But I, got I, you. I don't have that motivation. I don't know why, because I think it would be a really good film and, and I have the kind of creative motivation, but I don't have any other motivation, um, which which, you know, like photography was a real a real urge to do something. And that's why I'm doing it, you know, um, but I don't know, maybe something will spark it. Maybe something will spark something in me one day that'll just make me do it. Um, and yeah, 
Yeah, but Fine. but behind the scenes photography is something that I think would be a really fucking cool job. You know, I got you. I got yeah. you. Basically, a, a still photographer on set for the film. Yeah, kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, for different films. Yeah. All right. So look, if people want to uh, contact you to to avail themselves of your amazing services, uh, where. <laughs> Don't laugh at that, dude. I'm working for you. I'm They're working services. here. I'm hustling here. Uh, where, where can folks find uh, see your work, and where can they contact you? Uh, my social security is one. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, hold on. Let me get out a pen. <laughs> um, so you can visit my website. It's uh, eabreuvisuals.com, which is e a b r e u visuals.com, or uh, on Instagram or Twitter, all that stuff, all the social medias, um, not Facebook, because that's for old people, and I will <laughs> never be old. Uh, or you could just come to Word Up and buy one of our postcards, and my, you know I have postcards here. <laughs> I think that was it. You can find me in the streets of Washington Heights and Inwood basically every day. <laughs> um, don't follow me. You could say hi to me, but don't stalk me because that's weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, and it, there's really no money in it. There's yeah, there's no money. Um, so. Maybe my organs. Um, <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't put that idea out there. <laughs> I was gonna say might not be. Uh, on the other hand, if you lo- strap for cash at some point, you know, it depends. Yeah. Um. And and actually, I, I should do this before we we, we disappear. Um. Uh, anything uh special coming up at Word Up that we may, Word Up is oh, um, made it through the storm so far. Well, I'll say this: like, definitely go to wordupbooks.com or follow us on Instagram. Uh, and or follow us on Instagram uh, and you'll be kept up with, you know, the latest stuff. Yeah, because there's constantly events happening here. Uh, but there we yeah, I don't know if there's any big thing, but, you know, stay tuned for our 12th birthday party. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. And 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 you don't know this, but in the intro we already recorded for this thing, we said February 7th for no names re- return about roughly 50 times in, in, in five minutes. So so I think we've at least hammered that one in there. Uh, th- thanks for being here, man. Thanks for chatting with us. It's good to talk to you, man. All right, that was our conversation with Word Up's own Emmanuel Abreu. A really great guy and, and uh, wonderful artist. Do seek him out. Check out his work online. Hire him. You will not be disappointed. Uh, and you'll probably have a good time, too. That sounds like I'm offering a different kind of service there. It's not that. It's art. It's art. Uh, anyway, uh, we want to thank you guys for coming to play with us. Uh, we will be returning to Word Up, as we mentioned about 500 million times, uh, on Tuesday, February 7th, 7 p.m. It will be a Super Story Party edition with Michelle Carlo. Our guest that evening will be Charles McBee. They will be Rhonda Handsome. They will be Alex D'Souza. And they will be Tommy Pryor, all of whom actually have been past podcast guests. Go check that out. Bone up on their work before you come see them on February 7th. Uh, You should know that uh, they will be requesting uh, folks who come in to be wearing masks. Uh, But other than that, cool. You know, if if you're bringing snacks, you're munching, you're drinking, you can drop the mask and doing that or whatever. But uh, hope to see you there, man. It's going to be a special night. Even... Some music from Miles Alexander Blues Blues. Um, so that'll be good. Uh, I want to thank everyone who helped make this possible. Uh, our producer, the one, the only, Gary Hardcastle. 
Uh, and uh, the music, uh, the our theme music, the intro and outro music, uh, was recorded and performed and written by King of the Hill, Courtney Hill. Uh, are you still there? Good. I hope you're still there. We're going to send you out with uh, some music from our good friend Carla Lynn Hall. When Word Up was first starting many years ago, Carla was their artist in residence, and quite worthily so. Uh, we're going to play her song, Supernova. It's the title of an album she recorded some time back. You can still get it out there and purchase it. Uh, you know, Google her. You will find it. Carla Lynn Hall, Supernova. Until next time, I'm Eric Vedder. I love you all. Celestial body
shine.